Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. One of the uh, one of the great things about doing podcasts like this on a on a regular schedule is the ability to, to just jump right in when there are recent topics that warrant discussion. And today on Liberty and the Law, we're going to do just that as we focus on a very recent Supreme Court ruling uh, regarding warrantless searches, um, specifically during DUI stops. Uh, as always on Liberty and the Law, I'll be joined by respected criminal defense attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law. Uh, James is, is highly accredited, and he has been recognized by the American Association of Premier DUI Attorneys. And uh, I look forward to what he's going to share with us today. I'm sure it will be some case history leading up to this ruling and what the justices addressed. And, and then ultimately, let's talk about the implications for drivers everywhere, including here in Illinois. So uh, first of all, let's let's bring in uh, James Dorn. Nice to chat with you, and I'm so glad you took some time today. Nice nice to have you here. Oh, it's been it's great to be back on the show. I've been looking forward to this one, Jim. Yeah, and so a lot to cover here. Before we begin the deep dive, let's let's not you know get too deep into the ruling yet, but um, kind of look at this as a with a layman's set of eyes. It appears, if I read this right, there there are two issues really at play here. One deals with the question of whether or not a, a warrant is needed to conduct certain DUI tests, and the other then is what ramifications a person may face if they refuse to submit to those tests. Is that really the way this thing came together? I think that's correct. The the the, the court broke it up into uh, whether or not a warrant's required, and they and they looked at breath testing and also blood draws in DUI arrests. So they there's a couple different uh, focuses that the court took in uh, in uh, making its uh, ruling, and because also three different cases were combined in one one case consolidated in one case, so there's some different emphasis as you know as it plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, in a decision. Yeah, and, and naturally for something to get to the Supreme Court, there, there must have been some prior cases and, and appeals. How did this case arise? You mentioned multiple different cases kind of all being brought together. Right. There's, there were three different cases that were consolidated and then uh, under the same umbrella of they touched on the same issue of whether or not a warrant was is required uh, for certain DUI uh, testing, whether it's you know, breath testing or um, blood testing. And so tell me, is that is that really because these these things can be very complicated, especially when there's multiple cases, and we talked about a couple different pieces of it. So what really was the central question of this case? What what was brought to the justices to decide? Uh, essentially, they looked at whether the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution permits um, a warrantless uh, breath tests and warrantless um, blood tests, and they ruled that a warrantless breath test is permissible but not the warrantless blood test. Okay, so um, it broke it down into, in the course of making an arrest, okay, um, mm-hmm. is a warrant required to ask, uh, uh, or actually force the motorist to submit the breath, to breath testing? Um, and essentially because there had always been, even under the common law, um, an exception to the warrant requirement of Constitution for um a search incident to arrest is what it's called. So say a uh, police officer places you under arrest for, uh, say, a battery case. 
Well, he can do a, a, a search of that person once he's placed under arrest to make sure there's no weapons on that person. Um, and of course, they can find in the course of that search drugs and whatnot. So there's you know, additional things that can come to light from that search. And then the common law record has always supported that type of search. So the Supreme Court in this case extended that, that search incident to arrest, to the actual breath test. Okay, And their, their reasoning was because the, um, the act of blowing into the breathalyzer, and this is the Supreme Court's words here, is, is, is uh, no more uh, intrusive than asking somebody to blow up a party balloon. Okay, um, so because it's not intrusive to the person's privacy rights. Okay, and this and this and this is something else the Supreme Court does is this balancing test. So they they balance the interests of the individual and privacy rights versus the government's interest in what they're trying to do here. And in this case, combat drunk driving. So that they you know they balance those interests. Okay, so when it comes to the uh, breath test. They determined that the privacy interest is not great because it's no different than blowing up a balloon, and because the government interest in, you know, and this is their word, stopping the carnage on on our highways, um, they viewed that 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 search is reasonable, and because it can be, the search is reasonable, the state could also impose a criminal penalty for actually refusing to uh, submit to that breath test. Okay, so that's how that that ruling affects breath tests. Now, there is a second piece regarding okay. the blood test, though, correct? Right. Now, the, the, the blood test is, is exactly, and they viewed the uh, privacy in, in, interests of the individual as a little greater there because it actually involves, and this is another thing, piercing the skin. Okay, so the act of that needle piercing the skin is enough in this case um, to take it out of that, okay, this isn't just a normal kind of search incident to an arrest. Now this is something where, you know, your 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 privacy, your person is actually kind of is being violated here. So then they did the same government interest test and came down on the other side that, you know, because there's less intrusive means to get that um, evidence, that then in this case that requires a warrant then. Okay. So a couple okay. of things I want to come back to here, and we'll, let me let me kind of circle around here. Um, I want to talk more about the ruling in just a minute and some of the ramifications, but just as a quick little sidetrack here, I <laughs> I know in our past discussions on DUIs, you've always advocated that if if someone is stopped, drivers should should refuse to submit to testing. Does this ruling change your view in any way in terms of how you should handle a, a stop? Uh, not yet, but the, what I have to say, Jim, is it, you know, we're <laughs> we're in a state that does not does not uh, have a separate criminal penalty for refusing a breath test. Um, in a dozen states, they actually have a separate criminal charge for refusing or declining to take the breath test, I should say. So the refusing is a separate criminal charge. Um, the Supreme Court in this ruling said that separate charge is okay. They, they viewed that as, as, as okay for the breath test. Now, Illinois does not have that separate charge for refusing a breath test, but you can believe that I will be focusing on legislation coming forward and see if, they, if the you know, Illinois legislature has any change of opinion on this based on this Supreme Court ruling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Liberty and the Law is our new podcast series in which we discuss matters of, of criminal law with attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law. Uh, James has been a defense attorney for over 20 years, has established a, a very successful practice in, in defending clients uh, against a wide range of charges, and uh, always presents 
thoughtful contributions when, when he joins me for a podcast. Today we're looking at this recent Supreme Court ruling dealing with uh, warrantless searches related to DUI stops. Um, and I know with with the state of the Supreme Court at the moment, there's always a risk of a 4-4 deadlock. And without getting into the split on this, because I know there were there were different pieces of it, but but this was um, not not a unanimous verdict, but what like a 6-2 on on the majority of of what was asked. Right, right. They did they did get a majority of the court, so it is it is precedent. Um, mm-hmm. It was not tied at a at a 4-4 decision as some are coming down now. Um, so this is this is precedent that is it, it will be relied upon in, in different states. So this this is a this is a big ruling. Um, yeah. So we'll see how it shakes out. That's you know to get back to your question before of you know what does this impact you know advice I would give. It doesn't impact it yet, but it may in the future. So that's one of those things in Illinois. You know we don't have that separate criminal uh, charge for refusing, um, but we'll see. It's one of those things we'll just yeah. have to wait and see. If they if they decide to do something based on this, yeah. So that's it's interesting because you you know you mentioned that um, this uh, particular Supreme Court case was was a, an amalgamation of lower court cases from other states, several states, as I recall. So am I correct now that this, as you said, is precedent? So now, really, any state could generate any sort of law they want or fine or, or charge related to refusing a test so it could be different from state to state as we go forward now right and, and it, there's some in the schema of say the implied consent laws there's some similarities between the states but mm-hmm. it does come down to certain differences i like i said 12 states would have a criminal separate criminal charge for refusing a, a, a test a breath test mm-hmm. and the supreme court said that that is that is legitimate that is you, they okay. can do that under their police power and, and like i said in this balancing test um, but not necessarily for blood tests. They, so they, you know, they'll, they'll, we'll see how this decision affects certain states and what they have on the books. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it will generate some some uh, some movement on this. I think. Yeah, and as we we talk about um, a criminal charge, I think is the term you've used there. So, um, in in the refusal portion of this, is this likely then to be a fine or a, a, as a charge? Is it a misdemeanor, or how serious would uh, would it potentially be for someone who refuses? Right, and that's something that it's we, we're waiting to find out because some states have a separate <clears throat> Class A misdemeanor level offense that's the same mm-hmm. uh, same level of offense as the DUI. So there. You know that would be easy. That's that's difficult to decide. Well, do I do I refuse his test? You know, that's <laughs> there's a lot at work there. Now, if the state yeah. legislature has has imposed a penalty, if it's fine only, okay, a lot more people will, will certainly um, you know, take that risk as opposed to say you know jail time or something that would impose a, a greater penalty. Um, so I, I don't know, Jim. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, we're in a state that does not have this separate uh, criminal penalty. But we're waiting to find out if if it if it comes down that there is you know some movement on the part of the legislature, we'll have to wait and see what that what that entails. Um, okay. But my advice is the same right now: is to refuse uh, breath testing, refuse the standardized field sobriety tests, refuse any and all testing. Be polite, yeah. but decline. Yeah. And and just quickly, because as always, we just go through this time so quickly when we've got John, but. Um, and maybe I'm chasing down a whole other line here, but um, if if the court says to do a blood draw, you've got to have a warrant. From a 
police point of view, they make a stop, they really want to find out about this driver. How long does it take them to get a warrant in this case? Does it really render it completely useless for them? Uh, you know what? In this, in, in this case analysis, the uh, Supreme Court did look at uh, a rural uh, police department versus one in a, in a, you know, a bigger city. Um, and they basically, you know, getting a warrant is not as, as, as a major hassle as it once was. I mean, they've, mm. they've approved fax processes and things like that. So you know, they could be done electronically. Um, there's different there's different ways. So it really does come down to uh, how comp, how what the setup is for each state and their warrant requirements. Really, um, you know, it, that could come down to the county level. And from from your point of view, as someone who has, you know, spent your career, as I've mentioned, um, uh, defending clients, and and you have a great reputation among uh, uh, your peers for for DUI uh, defense. Um, you know, as you view your day-to-day routine, the types of cases you handle, what do you see as an impact from from a ruling like this? Yeah, I think it'll impact the legislature, and I'm just just seeing what kind of statutes and legislation is passed based on this. I I, I see um, in the jurisdictions throughout the states, I see some movement based upon this because this did decide whether or not that the um, separate criminal penalty for refusing breath test, whether that was going to be allowed under the Constitution. And this this ruling says it is allowed. So um, mm-hmm. that impacts a lot of what um, attorneys such as myself would advise on cases like this. Um, but as of right now, my advice is the same. Refuse testing mm-hmm. uh, politely and call the lawyer. Excellent. Well, um, as always, as I said, when we get uh, 15 minutes or so to try and uh, discuss some of these topics, it goes by very quickly. So I want to thank Attorney James Dorr of Lavelle Law. He's a great source of legal information here on liberty and the law, and he can be a source of assistance for you as well directly. You can start by visiting LavelleLaw.com or calling him at 847-705-7555. Uh, And he's going to be back with me in weeks ahead. We're going to take a look at a number of other topics, including a discussion about Miranda rights. should be a great discussion, and I hope you'll join us for that. Thank you for listening to this edition of Liberty and the Law. To learn more about defendants' rights, call attorney James Dore at 847-705-7555 or visit LavelleCriminalLaw.com.